0: Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to the latest chapter of Oz Magica, taken from the subreddit HFY. All the relevant links are down below, and please like, comment, and subscribe like any good minion of the algorithm would do. And as always, I hope that you enjoy... Chapter 67 Sir, so, what exactly are you all doing down here? The words passed through my ears, and almost went through entirely. Thankfully... I'd managed to catch the tail end of the words. My head turned towards our new acquaintances, taking in their appearance, before realizing that it was the orc that was speaking. I mean, I can definitely tell that the orc was talking due to the weird doublespeak thing going on, but I've managed to push most of it out of my head now. I mean, it's been about a month and a half since I first got the skill, so I'd at least like to think that I've somehow integrated with it somehow. Thinking back on it... It was still somewhat of a surprise that we found other people down here. I mean, there's also the walking fox that straight up looks like one of those foxes from the old Claymation movies. What was it? Fantastic, Mr. Fox? Yeah. Knew I'd remember. Anyway, sir, uh, we were all a little surprised at other people down here when we first met. To be honest, I was somewhat glad that we were having more people to get through this. However... My worry for our other friends remained, and thus we were kind of silent for a bit of the journey through these crystal caverns. I mean, it's not like I didn't try to put up anything to talk about, but whenever something passed through my mind, it didn't want to leave the confines of my mouth. There's also the fact that one of our members is mute, and the other is a blob that's too lazy to initiate conversation. Something about how the carriage rocks her. I don't really know. I'm not a slime, so I can't tell how she would feel. There's also the fact that she's still probably a bit groggy from losing part of herself and trying to wake her up fully from the semi-wakefulness she's managed so far while she's recovering is generally a bad idea. However, the orc's inquisitive eyes are staring into mine as we walk side by side so I have to at least respond sometime soon, or I'll look like I'm purposely trying to avoid his question. Now carriage got swallowed up with a couple of our friends. Any idea what might have happened? The orc tilted his head before scratching in one of his tusks. Didn't know that these things could get itchy, but I digress. No, no, uh, not really knowledgeable about dungeons all that much. My head whips around to further into the cabins where the fox had begun walking ahead of us, keen on scouting ahead. Kind of surprised that he was actually talking. didn't exactly been a talkative sort since we appeared, but it's nice to actually know that he can talk. Also, a, a Brooklyn accent. Weird, but uh, hey. We at least know that we're definitely inside a dungeon. These guys were probably here before we showed up, so they'd at least know about the entrance or something. Me neither, uh, by choice. My head whoops to the orc, who looks somewhat proud of their statement, with his hand clenched over his, uh... Actually, I think I just noticed something, that's, uh, that's not a hand. I mean, it has fingers, but there is not really enough for the whole five-fingered thing that people usually had. Did all orcs have three fingers, or was it just something that I was ignoring? Yeah, yeah, um, we get it. The fox's words pulled me out as a thread as I was trying to grasp, before it pulled me away from him. I'm sure that I could get it back if I tried hard enough, but as it is, I feel like a bit more important to focus on pulling the cart and trying to get the feel for these guys. For instance, this was the first time I'd seen armor this intricate before. Sure, some of the guard around Erened had armor, but it was more like the kind that was sparse. Metal surrounded the important bits, and everything else was covered in leather. Or some other kind of joining fabric, joining the joints and such. For the Orc, that kind of armor paled in comparison. He was entirely made up of shiny blue metal, covering almost every part of his body, except his knees, hands, feet and head. It also was plain to see that before we had shown up, something had occurred to damage it quite heavily as there was noticeably caved-in portions of it, where one could see red discoloration. However, I feel like it wasn't exactly him being injured and coloring the metal, but more along the lines the metal was somewhat magically inclined. In comparison, the fox almost had nothing on him in terms of defense, almost entirely going for a leather jacket look, with either his own fur lining the color man's sleeves, or perhaps fur from something else. These pants were perhaps the fanciest looking thing that I've seen in all my time here. Well, except for the fact that they were torn in a few places. However, my inspection seemed to come at a cost as a lulling silence descended upon the steadily growing cavern. The light of the crystal, growing ever brighter, seemed to remind me of something that I had wanted to ask them when we first met them. So, uh... ''So, you guys must have some good constitution to get through here as fast as they're eating at you?'' I asked. At that, the fox stumbled a little bit before resuming his previous walk. While the orc only raised an eyebrow at the question, No, oh, uh, you do?'' His voice begged the question, which I didn't think it was all that bad to answer. ''Why do you think I'm carrying these guys?'' At that, I maneuver my shoulders a little bit to get the cricks out of my shoulders.'' and get a better grip on the makeshift poles that I had made earlier. That was the point I noticed that my feet and legs were no longer burning just by being near the floor, and I realized that the metal had given way to rock at some point. However, any further questioning upon the situation was somewhat marred, as I think I must have upset the resident slime girl by jostling the cart around. Hey, uh, got a bit of a headache right now. Uh, Could you all maybe shut up? The outburst was a blurb into the cold open air, and almost immediately silenced everyone. At least, until I decided to apologize to the others for her behavior, albeit at a slight lower volume than what I was doing before. Um, don't mind her, she's uh, just naturally grumpy, Um, at least I think. Looking behind me, I can see that Carmia had managed to reform somewhat of a shape within a bucket pool thing that I made... However, the cross face she seemed to form almost immediately dissipated as she fell back into the pool, splashing and staining the wood with her presence. You think? The orc's question, or at least I think it was one, managed to remind me exactly how long I'd known the wayward would-be assassin. Only really known Carmia due to her job. It was the truth that I was willing to speak about. It wouldn't do to just push all of our drama onto these two. Who we've just met. There's got to be at least three or four more days stuck together before I actually think that they can handle the issues of our little group. Ah, I get it. Had someone a lot like that before they transferred. Transferred? What exactly does that mean? Is he in an office job or something? Wait, sir. We don't actually know what their jobs or classes are, do we? So, um, why are you guys here? My question seemed to catch the orc off guard slightly, as his arm twitched slightly, while his grin slightly slid off his face. He turned ahead of us, staring at the fox ahead, before looking back at me and pointing a thumb ahead of us. "'That one over there thinks that someone might be selling illicit merchandise here!' "'Oh, so their law enforcement. Makes a bit of sense. No dash job I could think of would have that kind of armor available.' Unless he's a CEO. Nah. From what personality he's shown, I don't think that he could be one. That uh, also led to a bunch of murders in the city. Oh. Didn't expect the fox to talk, but that's certainly not good, wait, sir. Is it the city that we're heading to? It definitely would be bad if we were getting into the city and there would be murders in there. Which city? The Mercantile Mountain, Jelen. Crap. It is the one we were heading to. I mean, if we're taking care of the murderers, though, there shouldn't be any problem when we get there. However, with how far away the city was, the dungeon must be larger than I thought. My thought managed to catch the attention of the orc, the only chatty one of the duo. I don't think that the fox likes to talk all that much. Really, um, where were you heading? It was Jelen, but we were around two to three days away from the walls, or at least I think so. I'm not a navigator. That's the one back there. I pointed towards Marwall, only to find him staring at a bunch of broken bottles within the cart. I don't remember putting any of them in there, so maybe he brought them in. Still leaves the question of why, but maybe I shouldn't point it out. What's his deal? At that, I raised an eyebrow at the orc. What do you mean? Well, uh... You're the only one actually talking, besides the begona. Oh, should I? I mean, uh, he's a bit preoccupied, but it's alright for me to tell people these issues, uh, especially when he can't exactly communicate as good with all the metal, everyone. So, uh, stealing myself, I make the choice. His tongue doesn't exactly uh, work right. At first, it seemed like the Orc doesn't understand. However... A brief sigh coming out of the fox stalking ahead of us seemed to spark something inside his brain. Ah! A, uh, mute- Before you say anything, he's trying to get rid of it. My interruption seemed to mollify the orc, his face turning down in consternation. However, something passes over his face like a shadow, bringing in a slight hint of depression in his eyes. Uh, Is it just the title? Yeah. My response didn't get rid of the shadow. In fact- it only seemed to make it darker across his face. However, the darkness seemed to shift under his skin for but a second before something brighter seemed to outshine it. Damn! Um, hey, uh, when we get out of this, uh, I'll get us some replacement Spect, yeah. His exclamation towards Marwall brought the little cat out of his funk. Finally, bringing himself to look up from the floor of the rickshaw, tentatively he gave a small smile before nodding once and bringing himself up to the seat near the front of the vehicle, closer towards the main group. I sigh a little bit. Thankfully, that's Marvel's at least feeling somewhat better after this. However, my attention is brought back to the fact that there's literally nothing hurting my feet anymore. I look towards the floor, trying to figure out when the metal actually ended by looking behind us, only to find that the metal was still there. Confused, I looked around, only to find that we had a permanent circle around us, where metal seemed to actively avoid us. "'So, um, what's with the circle?' I asked the orc. "'Don't know. Uh, my buddy over there got a bit more knowledge on the subject. It's is after all.' I stared at the fox ahead. I couldn't exactly figure out whether or not any of this body type was different from the rest of it that I expected." In all instances, he just seemed like an upright fox with clothes draped on his frame. So I put voice to my confusion towards the only one willing to talk. An affinity? No, at least I don't. When I said I had a headache, was no one listening? Carmia's voice seemed to echo around us, causing the crystals around us to glow slightly brighter. Her form having arisen from the bucket, managing to get back to her original form. The corridor, having grown enough to accommodate three times the size of our group, made the light all the less effective to see. After a while, the echo seemed to stop along with the increasing glowing of the crystals. we had all been bowed into silence. The orc, probably because shouting was sudden, while I had been simply cowed from the memories of the battle I had with her. Suffice to say, even if she couldn't kill me, I could not want her to be angry at me. That's uh, what I thought. With that, she glopped back down into a bucket. Although this time she had entirely deformed back into a blob shape, her entire upper body seemed to grip the sides of her containment. While she was content to simply lie within her own fluidity, I imagine it was much like reclining in a massage chair. Except the rumbling was throughout your entire body instead of focusing upon one specific spot. However, within the newfound silence the fox stopped in front of us, causing us to see what had stopped our track. It was something I was probably should have expected, since that we was inside a dungeon, but still seeing it in reality left me a little um I wouldn't say disappointed, but perhaps maybe unsurprised. There were just literal stairs heading downwards. The fox motioned for everyone to head down them, with the orc going first and myself after carefully heaving the cart to the top of me, using every bit of my fifty strength and dexterity to not hit the rickshaw upon the ceiling or the floor as I steadily stepped downwards, leaving behind the slight light crystal cabins behind us. However, this working silence was broken by the fox trying to be somewhat amicable to me as I passed by, staying behind to presumably watch out for anything that would attack us from behind. Uh... But bitchy, ain't she? I swear to! End of chapter. Chapter 68 Darkness surrounded us as we descended. Well, I say darkness, but it wasn't actually any sort of darkness that I was familiar with. It was like we were descending into an avenous noir film. Everything that was dark. You could tell it was dark, but you could still make out the shapes within that darkness through the white lines outlining our bodies. It was kind of a freaky, to be honest. I barely had any of the lines of me at all, only ever going around my joints, fingers, and the clothes I had on. At least, that's what I was able to tell from me without a mirror. I can't rightly explain if something different is going on with my back and my head. However... With a glance away from my frame and the staircase below me towards the others, let me know that something would definitely be going on with my face. The orc's brows and teeth jutted out shakily in the darkness, while the fur of the fox and marble jutted out at sharp angles all along any exposed outside of their clothes. However, the weirdest lining was around Kamiya. Her blob-like form had almost been reduced entirely when we emerged here, and the lines reflected that intensity. Her upper body had rigidly defined lines that wobbled every so often, while the further down her body that I went, the less rigid the lines were, and their movement reminded me of the movement of a non-Newtonian fluid. All of it just caused my brain to short out slightly as I tried to bring my mind back to the current task of just carefully walking down the stairs with the wagon. And I think that one of the newcomers could tell, as the fox's outlined face managed to turn towards me. Tentatively, I voiced the question, hesitant towards making any more noise to offend Karmia. Is it always like this? His face seemed to scrunch up a bit, judging from how the lines shifted. He waved a paw in the air, trying to grasp something or work through a concept Then, he actually spoke. Now, uh, no two dungeons are ever similar, enough to have the same progression through the floors. However, for new dungeons, it's almost always like this. Without a personality, the older the dungeons form, the progression often just the bare bones of what they inherently know. Oh, I forgot he had a uh, Brooklyn accent, yeah. That sounds about right. However, that doesn't really answer my question whatsoever. So, um, that means we've got stairs. The deadpan delivery almost made me crack up. However, I managed to hold my face together as I replied earnestly. Ah. A silence descended upon us as the stairs seemed to ever present. However, while the others here might have been a bit comfortable with it, I still had a few questions left to ask the new duo. One that had been especially impertinent. "'given our current location and also the information I could receive from them for free. "'So, um, you've been in dungeons before?' "'The fox stilled for a second before nodding his head and turning towards mine. "'Only once?' "'Anything that can pertain to our situation?' "'At the question, the fox didn't speak for a while. "'Probably was thinking of the right answer to. "'Flaws are different from each other. "'No crap, Sherlock.' I am not a detective. Wait. A detective is a class, no. That's not what's important here. He was able to understand my reference. Why? Wait, uh, you know who Sherlock is? At that, his eyebrows seemed to furrow and he stared at my face for quite a while before responding. Language spill or spell going on? Um, yeah. He nods his head once before turning back to the bottom of the stairs. That explains it. Basically means subjective when translated, so even if you are referencing something in your own culture, it just puts the closest approximation. Well, I guess that answers that question. People will be able to get my references if they include context with them. If I just mention something culturally obscure, like the dancing baby Jeff, they won't understand it whatsoever unless I provide some context. Even with the one answer, though, it still didn't give me anything of value anything of use. I need to know what we might come across, and while I still held out hope for Credence and Kojo, them not being within the previous floor whatsoever makes me a bit worried that they might have been eaten entirely. No, don't be pessimistic. We'll come across them at some point, just uh, focus on the now, not on the possible. So, um, how long was it? Confusion went through the fox's facial features, which I think was pretty impressive, given the muzzle had to twitch a lot to actually display that. What? Your dungeon delve. His confusion resolved into something that looked like, uh, perhaps reminiscing. Like he was either remembering something fondly, or trying to think on it. Here was supposed to be about a week for a ten-floor dive. All right. Given that a week's is nine days, it's a bit under two floors a day. Except, we don't exactly know how many floors the dungeon has. But even then, I can actually get to the crux of the issue. How much was that was traveling between floors? Oh, uh, I think it would be about now. What? What does he mean by a... Oh. Before I was able to ask something, everything around us changed to become pitch black. And, for a brief moment... I felt like I was floating in water. Then, as sudden as it occurred, it stopped. And our surroundings no longer contained stairs, but actual depth and field. No longer were we within the monochromatic style, but actual colors were able to be witnessed. Albeit, with a slight tint of red upon our forms. We'd found ourselves to still be arranged within the same formation that we'd been in. Except... Now we were standing on flat ground, looking upon a changed landscape. Islands littered the sky with bridges and vines and stone connecting them. A harsh red sun beat down upon us, and the clouds seemed to have thorns growing out of them as they floated through the islands, the bridges, and the spaces in between. And, as far as I could tell, there was nothing else out here besides the islands floating out amongst the space. No ground below us, unless it was so far away as to be barely visible. How did you, timing, always two minutes between flaws? My question died in my throat as the fox provided the information before I even asked. I took my attention away from the fox, though, as I continued to look around, taking in everything. There wasn't anything like grass, flowers, or even moss that dotted around us. The only plant life around, which I would even call plant life, At least, was somewhat normal as it consisted of trees and mushrooms. This is... My voice became silent once again as I realized a startling fact. The sky was moving. The sun was being a sun. There was no hint that we were actually underground anymore. Yeah, quite different. Is that sky real? No one knows. In any case, no one's ever hit the ceiling or any kind of boundary in the floors like these. Kind of a disturbing thought there. How big can a dungeon even get if this is just the second floor? However, with a new addition of the floor, I realized something rather important, or at least two things. The first was that the fox's hand had gotten noticeably thicker and gained certain familiar metallic luster. The second was that the we were standing on was no longer capable of hurting me, as the metal no longer covered anything within the area. Tentatively... I lowered the rickshaw from my arms and took a step, content in the fact that there were no more danger than the outright for my passengers. I looked around to find a way to progress and leave the island that we were on, before spotting a bridge further away towards the edge, leading upwards. However, I noticed that the bridge split in twain. One heading left at a significant angle upwards, while the second headed downwards in a direction that I couldn't tell as it was blocked by thorny clouds. So, um, how do we know which way to go? My posed question seemed to leave the fox somewhat stumped, while the orc's head turned towards mine, his voice letting out a gruff cough. Well, uh, I don't really know what theme the dungeon is going for, or even the affinity it has, but judging by how different this was from the first floor, I would say, um... Look, it's obvious. The head for the swirling vortex over there. Something's bound to be going on. The sudden introduction surprised me, as well as the duo, as Karmia had managed to reform herself entirely and snuck up behind us. Except, she had significantly changed. Where before she was around six feet tall, now she was only five. There was also the fact that her shade had lightened considerably. Instead of a dark red pool, she was naturally. Her shade had lightened up towards a dark pink. However, My mind was pulled from the investigation I was trying to make when I finally managed to follow her finger towards the one thing I had missed. There, behind us, was only something I could willingly call a storm of the century, and as I watched it, I realized something very important. Well, two things. The first was that it was eerily silent. There was nothing that could be said about the sound that would be created from something akin to a Category 6 hurricane. But in this instance, there was no sound piercing our ears. The second thing I discovered was that the islands were not floating still within the void like i had previously thought. They were rotating around a ginormous tornado, like a vague recreation of a solar system. However, I pulled my attention away from it to better address our slime girl. Calm I asked carefully. I didn't exactly want to rip the band-aid off too quickly, but I was slightly worried about her, since her appearance was so drastically altered. "'Yeah, I'm up. Thanks for carrying me around. Probably uh, would be dissolved if it wasn't for you.' She hit me on the shoulder with her comment. However, while that happened, I caught sight of both fox and orc going in the direction of the storm, a bridge of tiled stone leading towards the next island, which was bigger than the one we were currently on, only occupied by a couple of trees.' I bawled them out of my mind, as I regarded Kamiya once again. How's your health looking? Oh well, I have a significant reduction in my total mass, so our health's kind of down a little too. Got to eat up a fair bit to regain my proper figure. I nodded as she gestured towards herself, outlining her body with her hands. However, my eyes went away from her towards the duo. While they'd gotten a bit further away from me, talking to Marwal about something while he was petting the side of the rickshaw fondly. While they were talking to him, I could blatantly notice the staring that they were doing upon our resident kidnapper. "'They're staring at you,' she nodded, as she was massaging her feet back into place, as they had been slowly becoming more unformed while she was standing there. "'Yeah, that's the norm. That's, uh... Why? Well, racism, mostly, I think.' What? Racism is a thing here? Well, I guess it kind of makes sense that it would be slightly easier to do, given that there's more races here with more physical differences than just skin tone. However, it doesn't explain why they're racist against her and not each other. Well, Pagonas are basically bred infiltrators and assassins. Kind of hard to trust one you meet on the road, especially if they're out of their disguise. That's uh, a lot to unpack there. Judging from her tone of voice, it almost sounded like she was resentful of the fact. That again, I guess it'd be pretty hard to trust someone who could become anyone. However, even with how she's acting, she doesn't deserve to be discriminated. No one does. Well, if it's uncomfortable, well, no. It's not really uncomfortable. I just don't have enough energy to get back to the skies. Wouldn't be able to get rid of the animosity anyway. So they'll just have to stay with the way. Oh, she's, I mean... It was rude of her to interrupt me, but she way she says it assumes no one cares about her. I was gonna say that if it's uncomfortable for you, then we can do something because of it. um, just tell me. Oh, um, okay, uh, I don't really know why they would try something, or why you're being a white knight. But I guess you do you. Huh. Interesting... Both the concept and the fact that this system-recognized class kind of makes it tad Before I can defend myself, though, she starts walking away towards a tree that starts stripping one of the branches. All the while, whistling, guess she doesn't want any more part of the conversation. So with that said, I head over to the still downtrodden marble. Not much had changed while I was talking to the others. It seemed like he got out of his spunk somewhat but even then I could tell that he was still somewhat sad. However, the good thing is that we're actually on top of the Earth, so Marvel can actively communicate again instead of gestures. The duo had managed to have a little conversation before one of them climbed a tree, probably to get a better vantage point to see which island chains were actually connected to the center and which were not. Or maybe he just liked climbing trees. Who can say? Marble, um... You okay? I asked as I approached the crouching beast. He noticed I had approached and started forming his words beneath his feet, and I could tell from the start he was simply telling me he was simply thinking about the loss of his cart. However, a lilting accented voice stopped both of us writing, and our hearts called, Marwal, uh, that's, um, that name's familiar. Marwal silently gasped in surprise as he looked at me. At what point, I realized there was a reason I wasn't actively giving the two our names. If they were law enforcement, they would probably know about Marvel's noble heritage. If I mentioned his name, they could connect the dots and force him back to home he doesn't want to go to. I held my breath as I looked over towards the duo and their efforts at dream climbing. "'Well, it would be. You dingus. It's two letters off of yours.' The silence between the two of us was palpable, as the orc's excuse was something we rode upon, hoping that it would simply be forgotten. Yeah, I guess uh, you're right about that. Marwan wiped his brow, safe in the knowledge that nothing had happened because of an accidental slip I let loose. However, before I could continue actually conversing with the merchant of the hour, my senses caught something. The sound of whistling slowly getting louder. Hurriedly, I grabbed the little bast and dodged what my premonitions were telling me, and not a moment too soon, for something had landed upon our island. "'Is that a?' My question died on my lips, as I beheld something which shouldn't exist, which had just shredded the rickshaw that I had put together. There, lying on top of the wreckage, was something made of nothing, of air, a being of wind.' and thorny cloud. Ah, I guess my suspicions were right after all. The orc's words pulled me away briefly from the still recovering thing. What suspicions? The fox landed next to the orc, brandishing his fists, while his companion grabbed the tree itself and pulled, brandishing it over his head like a two-story long club. Well, uh, we fought some of the metal constructs before you came along, and I figured that it was uh, weird how prevalent the metal was throughout there. The fox's words seemed to pass straight through one ear and out the other, while my adrenaline began spiking as the thing's legs formed underneath it, pushing into the wood and absorbing it from its frame, being filled with shrapnel. Uh, what? The theme for the dungeon is either constructs or golems. That's an air golem, the orc said as he brought up one hand and swiftly got rid of the branches of the tree, coming up with a large pointed log. It was at this point that the thing finally finished doing whatever it wanted to the carriage, and its eyes began to bore into us. Oh, uh, and that's, my question was met with a brief stillness, as the wind of the thing died down enough to whether it no longer hurt my ears as bad, before it started shrieking with the force of a gale. Everyone landed on their knees as the sound pierced our ears, causing at least mine to bleed. Everyone, at least, except one. From the corner of my eye I could see Karmia brandishing freshly carved wooden knives, charging swiftly through the thing before stabbing it deep inside the cloud cover of one of its legs, and then infused it with her blood. Instantly, the thing's leg exploded into a fine red mist, its howling no longer piercing us specifically but merely howling in pain as it fell onto its side. That was when Carmia scanned all of us and shouted over the shrieking winds still left behind by the thing, suffice to say, very bad. End of chapter. The algorithm reckons you should be watching this video next, and I recommend that you should be always watching my video. So, click, click with energy! And yes, clicking that does help the channel. Thank you very much. I just want to give a quick thanks to the Tier 5 patrons and channel members. <laughs> Alithia, Barkey, Furyk Yol, Cam Maxwell, Caspar White Whiteband, 420 Lord Astrakal, Arcalian, and Oakfield.